TDIS, Day in Sports, underscore Humblebrag on Twitter, podcast. Ben Sherman, having a honey wife, looking effeminate. Actually not, he, you look like a Greek tennis player. An effeminate Greek tennis player? Well, no, effeminate was a mistake, it just came out when you were drinking the honey wife, but you actually look like Mark Philippoussis, who, if the women want to Google him, was a good-looking man. <laughs> and he had the big, he was always big at Wimbledon. He's, you know, he's no John Stamos, but I'll take it. He might have actually been, like, early mid-90s, the Stamos of the tennis world. Underrated. The, the, the Greek, uh, the Greek god on the tennis court. Yeah. 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 Um, anyway. <clears throat> Semi-related, the 49ers game last night. The world almost collapsed because the 49ers were 1-2. and two. Bill Simmons, yes you, Bill Simmons. <laughs> yes you, because he's definitely listening yep, right he's now. Listening. He's out there. Yeah, he's out there somewhere. Somebody will tweet him. Yeah. And uh, he said, you know, 49ers are 1-2, and two, probably going to finish the season around 6-9, and 6-10, and 10, which I took as a major slap in the face. Yeah. They well, lost two games. That's a, that's, that's a quick panic button reaction, I feel. Yeah, for a... For a team that we all feel like, or at least I certainly do, is going to be is going to be in the mix the whole way. Um, so they beat up on the Rams. Frank Gore, 150 yards on the ground. They kind of simplify things for Kaepernick. Uh, Bolden is good again because he gets to work against smaller corners, and the defense is dominant, like we're accustomed to seeing in the in the Harbaugh era. Even with uh, a few starters kind of down and out, they played no well. Alden Smith, yeah. but they brought in uh, his fourth round pick out of Auburn, this Lemon Yay guy. Um, who Mike Mayock likes, so you know he's good. Yeah, he's got to be. Well, Mike um, Mayock is the end-all, be-all. Yeah, but he he looks like an athletic freak. He can rush the passer, so he that's kind of frightening to have backing up Alden Smith and Ahmad Brooks as well. Um, so yeah, I think they showed their depth and blew out a, a team that gave them trouble on the road. Uh, uh, a team that gave them a lot of trouble last year, and they blow them out on the road this year. So the way I look at it, they're one and one, you know, at home, one and one on the road, and. One and one in the division, so they're you know two and two is not too bad after Green Bay, Seattle, Indian, St. Louis, and that's a good defense. They they finally got their offense kind of righted, and if their offense moves the ball, the defense looks good. The defenses look bad because because the offense has been so bad, right? And you know I think anytime Frank Gore for that offense, he's kind of a linchpin. When he has a day like that and kind of gets rolling, they're going to be able to do pretty much whatever they want. All he needs is touches, though. Yeah. you know what I mean. I mean you know last game. It was, what, 11 for, for 82, and then this game, it's 20 for 153 yards. So he's averaging, you know, five, six yards a carry. They, mm-hmm. they just need to make a commitment to, to give him the ball. And decide that running is their identity. And last night, it looked, I mean, he was running through holes that cars could drive through. Yeah, I, I mean, actually said that last night. Spaces. I was watching with Amanda, my wife Amanda, and I said, you know, I think that, Amanda, you might have been able to make it. right. <laughs> like, you might have been able to shimmy through that hole. Pick up a good 20 yards. Yeah, at least three. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, the, they were blocking really well. And again, you know, maybe it's just an off night for the Rams, but that usually kind of pressuring defense didn't look uh, as good as it yeah. normally did. Chris Long, Robert Quinn, probably the best young pair of bookend pass rushers maybe in the league. Michael Brockers, James Laurinaitis. Uh, James Laurinaitis is a, a Minnesota boy. Yeah, Cortland, yeah. Cortland Finnegan, Janoris Jenkins, they, they've got a lot of talent on that defense, and San Francisco just ran it all over them. Cortland Finnegan couldn't really clamp down on Anquan Bolden No, either. no, he's not Richard Sherman. No. He's Richard Sherman in the way that he talks, Yeah, but he's about five inches shorter and, you know, 
20 pounds lighter, yeah. so he's not quite the same imposing figure. Yeah, and he, I don't know what his deal is, but I think maybe Richard Sherman's the only cornerback in the league that Anquan Bolden can't kind of muscle out can't of his push. way. Can't push, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, to wrap up, I think on the 49ers, uh, I wanted to say this, for people that were burying them, they're 2-2, two and two, like I said, after going to Seattle, playing the Colts and the Packers, probably both playoff teams, and killing the Rams on the road. So they're 2-2, two and two, they've got the Texans and Cardinals at home coming up, so nice little homestand, two very winnable games. Then at the Titans and at the Jaguars, the Jaguars is in London, you would think those would both be wins. Yeah. And then they host Carolina, so they've got one, two, three, four, five. Games where they'll be heavily favored all in a row. Um, so it wouldn't be a shock to see them at 7-2 and two or 6-3 and three after this kind of 2-2 two and two start. Yeah, I, I mean, it's too early to hit the panic button. They've won, you know, two games at this point. So, I mean, they're fine. Uh, the Rams, meanwhile, Benjamin, not that good at football. Not, they looked so much better last year. Sam Bradford looked terrible this weekend. Yeah, I kind of felt like they were with the defense... Kind of a team on the come, you know, and they mm-hmm. then they get blown out in Dallas last week, and then blown out again at home in San Francisco, and now I had always defended the Brad, you know, the move to keep Bradford and not trade all your picks for RG three because they ended up getting like six high picks in that, you know, netting in that. Yeah. So they get a guy like Alec Ogletree this year's a good linebacker, and Janoris Jenkins last year. They they've got a lot of talent because they didn't get RG3, but now it looks like they don't have a quarterback, and that's really the worst. Well, and, you can, and especially with picks like that, that you don't really, that's not like an immediate return on your dollar. You're kind of like bolstering for three years down the road. Because I feel like for most linebackers, um, it's really hard to just jump right into NFL football because it's like your responsibilities are different, you know, the, yeah. the, the schemes are different. You know, they may, their defense may come around a little bit a few years from now, but it looks worse than it did last year, and I can't really figure that out. But anyway, the Rams are really bad, Yeah, is generally what we're trying to yeah. say. Tavon Austin didn't do much, and Mayock was criticizing him because he looked like he was hesitating and just looked like a rookie. No running game. God, what did the Rams have for rushing yards last night? Something like 30 yards, maybe, at the end of the night. My fantasy team looked terrible because I finally, for the first week, put Tavon Austin in because he kind of came around last week, and yeah. you know, he was... A bigger part of the offense and all this stuff, and then he just took a dump. Yeah, <laughs> I mean they can't do anything but pass the ball, but they can't pass the ball very well. So yeah, that's an issue. Zero fantasy. He's a guy though, like with his speed, you'd figure let's just get the ball in his hands and like a bubble screen, read or option, bubble screen, hand it off to him, whatever. Because he'll run. Yeah, he will run. I would be weird if he just stood there. Yeah, well, it would be different. Yeah. Be uncomfortable. Yeah, <laughs> awkward. I feel super weird. awkward. What's that? Uh, Rams had 18 rushing yards last night. 18 rushing yards. Perfect. What's up? That's the strongest two and two in the NFL. That's I'll a, tell you that. That's, right a, that's an aggressive uh, sales pitch. You, you, Do you want me to pitch it harder? Because I've yeah. got more to say get about your, how good it is. Get your knife pitch out for me. Give me the, your best 49ers knife pitch. We should, if we're gonna videotape. We should videotape my knife picture. <laughs> for, for future generations. You want me to do a compact 30-second 49er knife pitch? Best 2-2 two and two team in the league, go. Okay, you've got Colin Kaepernick, who's got all the talent in the world. They're shrinking the playbook for him, so he's developing and getting to take advantage of his strengths. If they give the ball to Frank Gore, they've got the best offensive line. Vernon Davis is coming back. In two weeks, you're going to get your second-round pick at defensive end back to bolster the line. 
as well as uh, LaMichael James coming back into the fold. So the defense is there. Eric Green looks like a pro bowler at safety. And you've got uh, a deeper front seven. Everything you could want on offense with Manningham coming back and eventually Crabtree. So I think San Francisco will be peaking at the right time come December. And in time, but it was pretty good. Okay. Very succinct. I like that. You know, they really are, I think, probably very, very likely are the best 2-2 two and two team in the league. Their defense is kind of coming around after a few Who'd they know, lose to? questionable games. Indian. I mean, they lost to good yeah. teams. They, teams they, they should have beat India at home. If you're just looking at it and you're thinking, are they a Super Bowl contender? Yeah, they should have won that game, but they didn't. And weird stuff happens in the NFL. Yeah, especially I mean, in interconference play. You know, yeah. when you play AFC, you know, teams they don't always measure up the same for whatever reason that is. And speaking of weird things happening in interconference play, Minnesota across the pond. Across the pond, I've heard nothing but great things. I guess they had a fish. I've been to fish. London. Yeah. A lot of roast beef and horseradish sauce. There is that. That's all I could really do. You find the, the Gatwick or the other one? It irritates the bowels. Yeah, it does. Here. Well, did you see what they eat for breakfast? Yeah, I saw it. I was there. It was weird. They're smoking in pretty much every... I don't know. This was... I was like 11, 12. Yeah. I, I Perfect. Know, maybe 7. So you know. just don't quite remember what it was like. Yeah, but it seemed smoky and the food was weird. A lot of roast beef and horseradish. Perfect. That's London. That's England. You should probably work for the like London, London, London Bureau of Tourism. Yeah, I could I could pitch that. Horse beef, horseradish, you know, and everything else. Yeah. Um, Minnesota pulling the string on Christian Ponder. We both think it's a conspiracy theory that Christian Ponder is in fact probably just got like a hangnail, and they're saying he's got a broken rib, and it's castle time. We gotta get, like, I feel like Mel Gibson's gonna, like, pop out of a closet somewhere. Came totally the castle. Came the to castle. Be. Well, he, I guess, allegedly, it's like, okay, the broken rib is near his heart, and if it were to take further impact in the game and break further, he may have his heart impaled by his own rib, or whatever. But he's not exactly the heart and soul of this team, no. so would it even matter? No, I don't think so. I, to be honest with you, I think Matt Castle... You know, he could go throw for 300 yards, two touchdowns, and one interception and win the game, and it's, the job's his. I don't think 300 yards is in Castle's playbook. 248. I'm going to give you an estimate. It's 167. 167, really? <laughs> and one touchdown. I'll bet you, you $5 he throws for more than 167 yards against. No, you got to give me better odds than that. Okay, I'll give you 2-1. to one. How's that? 3 to you one. Set, You set the level, okay? okay? You set the level that you think he's going to go... Above. What'd you say? I said 167. 167. You said I bet yards. you it throws for more than 200 yards. And I'll give you two to one odds. They're in London against the Steelers. 200 yards. I will take the bet. All right. What are we betting? You, you five, and if I lose, I'll pay you ten. That sounds like it's too good to be true. Castle? Yeah. In two, the, in the piece suit? Yards. No way. I bet you he throws for 200 yards. He's going to throw for 191, and you're going to be no. thinking, God! He's gonna throw for, if Jennings would have caught that fade route. He's going to throw for 740 and like 12 touchdowns probably. Most likely. But anyway, so they pull the switch. Yeah. I, I, think, you know, I In my opinion, I don't think they have any reason to give Ponder the job back because if he looks like even marginal, yeah, um, it's like, do you give him another year? Do you draft a guy? Where do you end up in the draft? What do you do? So I, I think that they want to just, for 13 games, put Castle in. And I think they have the ability to maybe win... Six, seven games. I don't know. I mean, they're 0-3 right now, so it's a long road to hope. But if he doesn't turn the ball over 
and they can just run the football, why can't they be last year's team? Well, the funny thing is, I really do think that their offense has looked better. Other Adrian Peterson hasn't looked the same, obviously, immediately as he did at the end of the last season. But yeah. their offense in general has looked... They've scored more points, and the defense has scored points. So I really do think that with a passable quarterback, you know, this team's going to put points on the board. The defense not defense isn't going to, you know, shut down anybody and no. hold them to 13 points, but they are going to, they're going to turn the ball over and they're going to score. So, at least at this point, I really do think that, um, you know, if they turn it around, because they've been in every game they played. I'm just trying to think, if I'm a Vikings fan, and I'm in your shoes, what I'm, what am I personally hoping for? Because I'm looking at the roster and I'm thinking, Adrian Peterson is a blue chipper, mm-hmm. so is Khalil, you know, you've got Jennings, Patterson, Rudolph, you've got the, you know, Harrison Smith, you've got some pieces, but you, you, you're further away from a Super Bowl than, than a lot of other teams, so, uh, you know, I, yeah. do I, do you want to tank it, do you want to compete this year and win seven games? I think, I mean, well, if you're asking, like, someone who's part of the administration or, like, the coaching staff... No, I'm asking you as, okay. a, as a fan. I think at this point, it's still, it's not unheard heard of to salvage this season, but if it goes sharply downhill this week, it's over. And Would you rather com- be competitive and go 8-8 eight and eight and not make the playoffs, though, or go 2-14? Two 2-14. And and two and okay. I Every agree. time. Every I agree. time. But that's no, smart, though. That's tough, though. You can't intentionally do that. I mean, no. you, can't, you can't just, like... Because you got to live along with each week of the season. Yeah, and there, there are people whose jobs are resting on, like, a main, maintaining the competitive nature of the games. I mean, you can't yeah. just go out there and just... Well, let's throw this one, boys. I remember a few years back when, like, Sean Hill was the quarterback of the Niners, and they were, like, 0-5, but they were playing the Panthers, and I was like, boy, if they just get this game 1-5. and Yeah. Nice schedule yeah. on the way home. <laughs> yeah. Maybe they get to 3-5. and and, You know, you. so as a fan, I understand that there's bias about how each I, week you think you can kind of get back yeah. into it. Maybe Minnesota's not as far out as that. No, and it, that division is not what anyone expected it to be. The Packers, I think who I still think will probably end up winning the division at this point. Um, yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Chicago. Chicago's just not going to stay consistent enough for long enough. I don't I don't think to take that. But So, I mean, they're only game back from Green Bay, but we'll see. Okay. So, where do you want to go next, Ben? We could talk Mariona Rivera. We could talk the rest versus rust debate. Um, we could do our power seven. Let's do rest versus rust. Okay. Rivera. Okay. And then power seven. I'm not going to remember that, so remind me. Okay. We'll start rest versus rust. Go. So I was I was listening to something or other, and they were talking about how in the NFL they're debating bringing in another playoff team uh, on for each conference, and in that format only one team would get the bye, and then everyone else in the playoffs on both sides would play in the first round. And so... It brings up the old breast versus rust because now only one team's getting a bye. And I guess my perspective on it, I, I never really thought real deeply on it. I just kind of accepted it as a cliche. But there's a reason that everyone goes for the bye week. And as you said earlier, part of the reason is it's guaranteed advancement into the next yeah, round of the playoffs. Yeah, you play in the divisional round and yeah, you're just going to so be So obviously you want that guarantee. But I think when you listen to coaches, they want the rest that comes along with it. Yeah. I think, well, okay, here's the thing. When you are, 
one of those top two seeds in either conference, you are basically, if you don't make a deep run in the playoffs, you're going to consider that season a failure, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. So, traditionally, the teams that, that don't rest and, you know, come in in the wild card round, the eighth seed a lot of times, or, you know, in, in the case of the Giants years ago when they won the Super Bowl, um, Green Bay, and now even Baltimore, those are the teams that clearly tend to win it all, right? Yeah, yeah, but I mean, there's I my my counter to that would be that's rather random, right? Yeah. You, you can't pick which one of those it is, but what's more, what you can predict better, like if you look at last year, New England, San Francisco, Atlanta, all teams with first-round buys make the Final Four. Now, the team that, you're right, ultimately ends up winning it is yeah. Baltimore. Yeah. But coming into the playoffs, there were plenty of people that picked Baltimore to lose to the Colts in the first round. Yeah. And everyone picked them to lose to Denver in the next round. And almost everyone picked them to lose in the next round. And most people picked San Francisco to win in the Super Bowl. So, um, I'm just saying it's hard to, that's a fine theory that it's good to come in hot, but it's not an easy thing to just, you can't just flip the switch. And the Giants this year, and over the last few years, are living proof of that, mm -hmm. is that if they're hot, they're hot, and they can be a Super Bowl team. But more often than that, they're lukewarm, and they're 8-8, eight and eight, or they're 9-7. and seven. I guess I, I, see, I see your point there. I think that week off, and I talked a little bit with you about this, you know, because it's considered, or it almost acts as an, a first-round win, Yeah. Um, a lot of those guys, I think tend to get in a different mindset, you know, it's like, oh, I don't have to start thinking about it right now. Yeah. So by the time it is, you know, crunch time, you got to think about it and all that stuff, there are guys out there who've been hungry the whole time, who've been thinking about it the whole time, like, okay, now we got to go here and win, now we got to go here and win. I think I just don't like it. It just doesn't, even for the best teams, it doesn't always work. Yeah, I mean, I'm kind of torn because my theory is more rest, more preparation, right? Mm -hmm would ultimately help you, but if you look at a guy like Peyton Manning, who often has torn through the regular season and more often than not has that first round by, but his playoff record is pretty so-so, so that is a pretty strong argument against, you know, the the getting the rest yeah. in the first round by, because who's who would you name in the NFL that takes more serious preparation than Peyton Manning? Nobody. Nobody. Nobody, nobody more than him. No. Absolutely not. No. no. So if you give him an extra week, you would think... He's going to dissect people in the playoffs, but that hasn't been the case. So, yeah. I mean, to your point, there's something to be said for playing every week and keeping that that axe sharp. I think I think for you know outside of football, even for sports in general, like developing a rhythm and a routine really can breed success. And you know, getting out of that, doing something different. Um, you see teams that go into their bye week hot and come out kind of like discombobulated because they didn't play. Yeah. So I, I'm I'm unsold on it. I still I would rather have them play every week just to kind of have that routine. So all right, still unsettled though in my opinion. I, I still I still don't know how to feel because I because I feel like if you play a 16 week or 17, 16 regular season games, don't your body naturally would benefit from a week off. Yeah. That I mean that's also logical. Yeah. But so. mentally, I, and I've always said this, always. I think 90% of the games... Since the mental. dawn of time. Since, since cavemen were drawing cows on walls in France. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, but literally, it's, I think it's 90% mental. Wine country. Yeah, even if you're... You've seen guys that aren't physical specimens that go out there and contribute greatly on the field only because they understand the game better than other people. So... I agree with you. Okay. Okay. I, okay. I'm on the... I'm on the rest... I'm on the rust side now. Yes. Wait, what? 
Am I on the wagon or off the wagon? I want the team to be hot. I don't need the rest. Yeah, well, it just it just seems like... You convinced me. There's no reason not to have, like... You bamboozled me. I did. I, I wanted breast, and I gave, all of a sudden... I you know, gave you a roofie. That's what, that's what did it. I'm not... I'm still confused. I'm going to have to revisit it. <laughs> okay. Sleep on it. So, okay. Now we've got Mo Rivera. Is that is that where you want to go? Mo. Or where do you want to go now? Give me some Mo. Well, I don't know. I well, Okay, feel. so, like, your deal with this, and we talked a little bit about this before, Your your deal is... You don't feel like it's as big of a thing for people outside of New York. Yeah. But that, you know, some major sports news conglomerates don't understand that. Let me just, I got, <clears throat> so I have like a little bit of, like I'll project my anger on yeah. things. Yeah, Um Whatever. So, <laughs> what a deal with it. Just a damn it's part session of life. here. It's just part you of and life. me. Yeah. Um, so... I feel like Mo Rivera and Kobe Bryant kind of parallel each other because one's a forever Yankee, one's a forever Laker. Yeah. 17-year career. I don't know how long Mo's is, 20-year career. And they're nearing the end, and I feel like Mo, because he's more likable and never said much, has become this kind of celebrated folk hero. And yeah, he's a great closer, Mm -hmm. but you can't tell me that during his reign there weren't closers that came in with better stuff for a period or a a couple of years. But for... Between Jordan and, and, and before LeBron hit his stride in maybe 2007, Kobe Bryant was the best player in the NBA for eight years. And I think that just goes unwarranted, but it's a big deal to me mm-hmm. because I'm a Laker fan, mm-hmm. and I think it's a bigger deal for Yankee fans about this Mo Rivera retirement and send-off thing. And I think he's more celebrated nationally or, or, or by the media because New York is such a big market. Uh, just like Kobe is kind of more celebrated. But I think it's a bigger fan to Laker fans or to Yankee fans when one of those guys walks off into the sunset than to the flyover country, the, the people in the middle of the country. I, I think it's more of a coastal story, but it gets a lot of play just because of that's where the media markets are. Right, and, you know, that does make sense. I kind of tend to... I was kind of surprisingly, because I really hate the Yankees. I literally own a T-shirt that has a picture of Jesus, and it says, Jesus hates the Yankees. Uh, he probably doesn't. Well, it's it's like the evil empire in Seems Star Wars. I think. Enough guy. Yeah. Anyways, I think that he is probably the best pitcher, easily, you know, that I've seen in my lifetime. And I mean, you look at closers and pitchers in general; like their careers are so short, especially these days, especially in this era, the steroid era, and after. Um, their careers are very short. To watch a guy do that for. 20 whatever year, what, 1996 he came in, I think? 95. 95. So almost 20 years and fall down goofing around and like tear his ACL and come back at almost 40. And, you know, he's still enter the Sandman. You know, he still does it. I I was kind of amazed by his whole career, still am. And probably, like I said, I mean, on the pitching side of the ball, bases, whatever. Yeah. Um, the best baseball player I've seen in my lifetime, and it was it was emotional to watch him. Like, because I've you've watched him since I was a little kid. That's as much as we've done baseball ever. Um, and we're gonna cure that and come back and cure. do our NFL top seven, and then a little look forward to the week ahead. Yeah, we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So. Okay, okay. Oh my god. <laughs> All righty.
All right, welcome back into the podcast, The Day in Sports. We're going to do NFL Top 7, uh, which, if you're joining us a few podcasts in, we do the Top 7 because Top 10s are boring, and because there's probably not 10 good NFL teams or elite NFL teams. There's usually not even 7. At any given time? At any given time. So this is the right now power rankings of who we think are the very best teams in the league. I'm going to start, I'm going to give you my one, and I want your reaction. Okay. Number one, Seattle. And we, I think we played this game, we've, we've danced this Done dance this before. before. Seattle, Denver. Denver, yeah, Seattle. Yeah. Okay. I, I really think, I still think it's Denver. But, okay. see, I mean, Seattle's, it's, it's an, it's arguably, yeah. you know, it, I think Seattle's got the best defense, and defense wins championships, so. All right. So, that's boring. One and two is, we know. And number three, after a resurgent victory last night, fight me on this, I dare you. Number three, San Francisco. Swimming upward. Just Who, who's better? Shooting up. But, okay, put it this way. Neutral field, you got to play San Francisco. Outside of Seattle, Denver, who's beating them? I don't know. I mean, at this point, I am I think I'm, to be totally honest, I, not that I will reflect this in on a numerical valued chart, but I really think I would be more scared to play the Chiefs at this point. No way. You don't think so? No, because I think defense is the same. Alex Smith is going to get you 17 to 23 points. Do they play this year, those two teams? Mm, I don't think so. We can find out. We'll find um, out. But Alex is going to give you... There's a reason Harbaugh made the switch, and I think you would see that reason bared out if they played each other. Physically, teams are both very good uh, in the trenches, good front sevens. Uh, both have a little limit on the perimeter talent, but I think... Kaepernick would make more plays, and uh, San Francisco's a little bit better defensively than the Chiefs are. So I, I got the Chiefs in my top seven. I like okay. their talent. Okay. But, uh, I mean, come on. They were 2-14 and 14 last year for, for some reason. Touche. Okay. Number four. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Green Bay Packers. The GBP. One, really? After one coming out of a loss? Okay, but they were up 30 to 14. Number and then four? They got distracted. And then they wanted to. <laughs> and you got the fourth best team in football? So, okay, but okay, Miami's 3 and 0. Yeah. Put the Super Bowl tomorrow in a, let's throw New York out of it because that's stupid. Right. Uh, in a dome. Green right. Bay, Miami, neutral site. Who wins? At, tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I, I pick... You seriously in a Super Bowl would take Tannehill over Aaron Rodgers at a neutral and cycle? those weapons. Okay, so would you take? Would you have taken the Bengals over the Packers? Maybe their talent's a lot better, and Andy Dalton so? is in his third year, fourth year, third year, as opposed to Tannehill being a converted receiver in his second year. I, there's no way he could beat Rodgers in a Super Bowl. Doesn't it concern you that after the kind of start that the Bengals offense had, that they were able to put up 34? I mean, granted, with some help from special Not really, defense, because but... Brian Hoyer put up 31 on the Vikings, man. It's a, yeah, well, it's a scoring league. I, 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 I guess I thought, after the first few games, I thought Green Bay's defense was a little bit more stout than what Minnesota was I, I don't think you can go by point totals anymore, though. You have to go by the pace of the game, because sometimes, you know, if you're playing New England, they're going to run a lot of plays, or Philadelphia, or Denver. Um, so Denver might give up more points, although they've been... Stout this year, but um, I, I don't know. Point totals are, are like fictitious this year in the NFL. Well, and I guess to, to be totally fair, like the game-winning touchdown came on like a really weird fumble play. And so, if, still, if you give me if you give me on a neutral site against almost anybody, if you've got Aaron Rodgers, Randall Cobb, James Jones, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, 
and you're saying offense is going to rule the day, aren't you going to take that over Tannehill and Mike Wallace and Brian Hartline? I mean, come on. Miami's just, it's its that weird thing that happens sometimes where teams just start to win games. But that team's not big enough for the moment. They beat the Falcons. In week three, though. Yeah. Are they big enough to win a Super Bowl? They're well, not. if yeah, it was right. tomorrow, though. That, that was what we were... We're yeah, hammered, but the Super right? Bowl would still be the Super Bowl if it were tomorrow. You'd still be nervous. Yeah, you'd be nervous, but, I mean, a neutral site, bleh. Green Bay's just not looked like Green Bay. Aaron Rodgers is... I think my, I think Green Bay wins that game by 13. Aaron Rodgers looks like one of those, like, remember when you used to get those things when you were little, those little sponge toys you'd soak in the bathtub and they'd explode. Turn like, into something. Yeah, they, they'd get big. He looks like one of those things that you, like, keep for a year and just, like, just slowly starting to, like, crack. But what do the they pressure. put up? What do they put up? Twenty-eight against San Francisco, thirty-one against the Bengals who have a good defense. So I don't know. Did they get? A, they got a few freak turnovers there too. I mean, the turnover thing was kind of what determined the game. Yeah, but they rallied for thirty straight points in that game. The, I think the offense is fine. I think over the balance of the season, you match up Aaron Rodgers against enough other quarterbacks, he's going to get you to ten wins or eleven wins. I'm still on the Packers. You hope. Okay. I don't hope. I well, only hope pack, for San Francisco. Packer Nation hopes. Yeah, Packer Nation hopes. Number five, I was hesitant about. I'm not really sure. Uh, New Orleans. I like that. Yeah, I mean, they're 3-0, but I feel like that's kind of the only reason I'm putting them there. Um, and I don't feel like that's a very good reason three weeks in. I don't really care if you're 1-2, two, 2-1, two and one, or 3-0 and oh yet. But I trust Drew Brees to win close games and pivotal clutch games. And the defense, even though they've played, what, like the Jets and the Buccaneers, some really low-level competition, Saints' defense is playing well. So, combination of things, you know, the, the chemistry is back in New Orleans. They've got a good home field. Tough out, Jimmy Graham. I'll put New Orleans five. I don't feel great about it. I like that. I, you know, New Orleans, again, <laughs> kind of along the lines of Seattle, like one of the better home field advantages in football. And they're playing well enough right now to win probably half their games on the road. So, you know, I don't I don't think that's a bad pick. Okay. It's just that there aren't... You, you go past, and we've had this kind of debate, you go past Seattle-Denver, and it's kind of like crickets. Yeah. It's a drop-off. The NFC is, is become Not something weird. Not what we weird. thought. Yeah. Not what we thought. And number six, I put New England. Again, I feel like I was looking at the standings, and I was like, well, this team's 1-2, 2-1, Cincinnati. You know, who should I put up there? New England's 3-0. and They... You've said this over and over on the podcast, is that as ugly as it looks and as cobbled together as it looks, they keep winning. Mm-hmm. But I swear, I feel like if you if next week they had to get on a jet and go to Seattle, they'd lose that game by 30 points. They may. I mean... And I don't think physically they can beat the bullies in the league. Not at this... It's not at this point, but... They're you know not going to get better, though. They're not going to get enough. They don't have enough talent, I don't no, think. No, I think some of the, they're on the defensive side of the ball, they're going to get more seasoned. Um, they've already been pretty good yeah. on defense. They and haven't played when Gronk comes time. back. I mean, if he's really healthy. the way he, if he can do what he did before, Big if. the offense will be better. I really think that Bill Belichick's thing seems to be like, you know, other guys are going to get hurt. He's not looking for that fast start as much as it just is consistency and trying to gut out some ugly wins in the beginning until you figure it out. I would say New England has a three percent chance of. Winning the Super Bowl. Three? Yeah. Three's low. I'm, well, I mean, there's 32 teams. You got 32 teams? Yeah. You know. Okay. All right, maybe I'll say I'll give them like six. <laughs> Three. I'll You're... give them 6%. Okay. I I mean, I guess if I had to put it right now, I would give them like a mm, no more than 10. 
But I just don't think that I really have no belief that they can do it. Yeah. I, they just win. They haven't lost yet. No one's no one's figured it out yet. Well, but everyone figures it out in the playoffs over the last seven years. I mean, they have yeah. been, you know, they get there. How we, just before a slight diversion, <coughs> just before we move on, how weird is the uh, AFC East? Uh, New England, we kind of figured would be hit or miss, but Miami at three and zero is a huge surprise. And the Jets, two and one, two and one. They seem like they have a good defense. Geno Smith can at least make a play in the vertical passing game, mm-hmm. which is something Mark Sanchez hasn't been able to do. And then like EJ Manuel has some strange leadership qualities yeah. that like the Bills haven't had before. It's like Obama when he first got, like, it was like the transition of, from Bush, and they were like, wait a minute, you're going to try to do stuff? You, you're you really going to try here? We're not used wait. to that. So I think wait we're in that period. Um, and then the last team, actually, I wish I would have put them above New England, making an executive decision, and I am flip-flopping Kansas City above New England because Alex Smith is not Tom Brady, but if Alex Smith is a B quarterback and Tom Brady is an A I think New England's roster, the rest of it, is like a C, and the rest of Kansas City's roster is like an A yeah. minus. They they kind of, they're not, if you were to put Tom Brady on, on Kansas City's team, they, I mean, they That's would a be a Super Bowl, team. like, yeah. beast. Yeah, yeah, talent everywhere, offensive line, defensive front, mm-hmm. good in the secondary, physical, good home field advantage, so I, I should have put Kansas City at six, I put him at seven, but. Uh, they get the. You know what's kind of interesting is they get the Giants at home. Kansas City does this weekend, following that horrible game against yeah. Carolina. So it's was, like, are are the Giants primed after getting drubbed thirty eight to nothing to like pounce and be like the New York Giants and play some good football and beat the Chiefs, or are the Giants just a bad team and the Chiefs are going to take them down by thirteen, fourteen points? That's what you got to love about. The New York Football Giants is you don't, you know. don't know who's gonna show up. Yeah. I really seriously think though, um, they're gonna show up this week. It's gonna be a close game. I still would probably give the edge to Kansas City just because they're playing at Arrowhead, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean so and they've been good enough this year to get the nod. But the Giants will show up and, and put forth a, a pretty good effort, I I think. But you see the Giants ultimately ending at home. I just don't I just don't see how they're gonna go to Arrowhead and win. I mean, Andy Reid's not an idiot. Alex Smith has played football before, and that's, a, I, I mean, again, a really tough place to play when you're the road team coming in. So, One of these 0-3 teams, I know they give out the stat every year of 11% or 6%, I don't know, make the playoffs after starting 0-3, but it's like every year's different, schedule's different, team is different. So of the 0-3 teams, what are there? There's Tampa Bay, there's Minnesota. Uh, Washington. Washington, the Giants. The Giants. Who do you see, uh, and there's others that I'm not thinking of right now, who do you see turning it around? The Jaguars, obviously. Not. And you know, this is going to sound like a total homer pitch. I was going to say, I think say it's Minnesota. the Vikings. Just they've been close. I mean, they are literally two last-minute touchdowns by the opposing team away from being two and one. Yeah. So I really, I mean, minor adjustments, maybe a quarterback change, uh, could be the tipping point. And they could start winning these games by you know three or whatever points. I think they're the only team that has a significant switch to make. That's zero and three. I mean, the Buccaneers going to Mike Lennon, that's probably a step backwards to take a step forward. Um, Giants obviously aren't going to bench Eli. No. So, I mean, the Vikings actually have a change that they can make, and I think if they get a little more conservative, even more focused on running the ball, and the defense can step it up, I can see them, again, like we said, getting to that 500 mark by the end of the year. 
Every, to be honest, you know what's funny is I never would have thought I would say this, but I really think that it was a mistake for New York to let Ahmad Bradshaw go. Yeah, I mean, um, now that you look at it, I yeah. mean, David Wilson can't hold on to the ball. They no. don't have a weapon at running back. And if you watch the Colts 49ers game, Bradshaw was much more deadly yeah. than Trent Richardson. He's, he's, I mean, he's got an he's, attitude. He's a weird guy. He, he has these weird foot problems or whatever. And he doesn't practice for the whole week. Yeah, but what running back is healthy? Ever? Yeah. Besides, like, Adrian Peterson, who can tear his knee and then run to cap on the next day. It's like, you know, and they give you those little injury reports. Bradshaw, you know, he's having trouble walking. He's in a walking boot. He's he takes it off boot. on Friday. And then he sprints down the run, field for a 60-yard touchdown. The guy can run. I yeah. mean, he's unbelievable to watch. But that was a mistake anyways, either way. Um, okay, so I went through my top seven. Ben, top seven. Denver, Denver. And then? Woo, woo, woo. <laughs> uh, Seattle, Seattle second. I mean, they're they're a close. Same one. old song. Yeah, same thing. Um, moving to number three, I am gonna drop my. Uh, I, I, let me guess. Let me guess. Okay, go ahead. New Orleans. Yes, I knew it. Yeah, I know you've got a Peyton. Crush. I do. I don't. I, you know, to be honest, I actually yeah, I have a, a a vitriolic hate. I don't even know if that's the right use yeah, of the word. Vitriol. Um, for Sean Payton and Philipusis versus Payton <laughs> and the. Uh, the New Orleans Saints, but again, we talked a little bit earlier about the home field advantage they have, and they're good enough at this point. Drew Brees is good enough um, to win at least half their games on the road. So I, I, it's yeah. a tough, it's a tough beat. They're a hard team to beat. It's just like I wonder a little bit: are they more the team that almost beat San Francisco two years ago in the playoffs, or are they the team without Peyton last year that went seven and nine? The defense was horrible. Uh, it's I don't know. It's hard for me to. It's hard for me to know. It's funny. Like I, uh, I kind of see like similarities between the New Orleans defense and Chicago. Like, not, they take the ball away. Not a ton of like they make up for whatever talent they lack and like point you know deficit whatever yeah. by taking the ball away and, and scoring. Yeah. 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 So I, I really I like them at three. Okay. Moving on to number four. We got any guesses on this one? Number four. I'm gonna say you put New England. Uh. I, actually, I, I, shockingly enough to you, I'm sure, put the Niners at four. Okay. Um, because I do think that they're... Probably wanted to put them at one. Yeah, a tough beat. Well, I know you wanted it. If I had, there would be, you know... Much jubilation. Cautions would be thrown to the wind. Uh, no, but I mean, their defense is good enough, and Kaepernick, you know, he had a couple rough games, but he's coming around, and Frank Gore, whenever, like I said, whenever Frank Gore runs for 150 yards... Your chances of winning probably shoot up to like ninety percent. Yeah, so I'd say that's true. And then down to fifth, uh, I like my Kansas City Chiefs right there. Okay, I like my Chiefs fifth. You and me both have a bit of a Chiefs crush yeah. going on. They just uh, we like the talent. And, We're enamored. And Andy Reid, I'm never going to doubt Andy Reid. I'm not really enamored coach. by Andy Reid. No, you don't think that he looks like a walrus? He does. <laughs> <laughs> a walrus. Walrus is enamor me. Yeah. I mean, yeah, physical beast. Yeah, but, but I'm not sure he has the same physical prowess as, say, a walrus. He's got Alex Smith running that kind of West Coast offense well at this point. Um, no mistakes, play yeah. defense. And young on defense, young and talented. Yeah. So I think, you know, and again, tough place to go and play a football game. So yeah. they're going to win a lot of home games and pretty yeah. do pretty well on the road. And and we've discussed the schedule before. And I think the path to ten or so wins is is pretty foreseeable. Yeah, for the Chiefs. Yeah. Um, and then at six, I believe I'm at six, right? Yeah. Six. At six, uh, I got my New England Patriots and okay. not mine because... That's I where I had them, them too. too. Yeah. Okay. I mean, Tom Brady, uh, like I, like I said, he's going to gut you out wins and 
I think they'll kind of get their stuff together well enough by the end of the season to make a playoff push. And, Neither and, one of us, I don't think, it thinks they're going to win the Super Bowl. No, though. I don't think so, no. I, okay. I'd, I best odds I'd give them at this point is like 10%. Okay, okay. yeah, yeah. Um, but, you know, they're going to get in the playoffs, and, and they're not going to embarrass anybody among their fandom. Okay. And okay. we're moving down to the last spot. Yeah. You got any guesses? Who do you think it's going to be? Dallas Cowboys. No, I've had Dallas in there. I This is a, a kind of a, a squeeze for me, but just can't ignore the Miami Dolphins at this point. Okay. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Good defense. Yeah, good defense. And I think they're getting better quarterback play out of Tannehill than what some people expected. Yeah. Well, I... Y- if not for Luck and RG3 and all these guys, like, Tannehill would be a breakout, like, young quarterback. They'd be like, holy shit, have you seen Tannehill play? Yeah. The guy's got, like, an 80 quarterback. Yeah. That used to be really good when you were just starting out. So he could make a lot of throws, and he's athletic and stuff like that. So I I think he's got a really bright future. And I think he's got the right build. He understands yeah. the game. He's got the right build. He can see. He's kind of like about the same, of a like height as, like, a Tom Brady. He's yeah. tall and... Got the traditional build with more athleticism yeah. and, and all the arm strength that yeah. you need. No, I, I like them at, at seven, and I, I shook it up a little bit this week. Okay. Okay, so top sevens, I, I think the thing that we take away from it is that beyond Seattle and Denver, we really don't know. Yeah. And we probably need three or four more weeks to even get a clear picture, but we're going to continue to bring you top sevens to humiliate ourselves in retrospect later. Yes. Pop. Culture. Hashtag. Are you bringing anything to this segment? Because I'm bringing something strong. Hashtag Pop-Tarts. Am I bringing the Pop-Tarts? No, are you bringing anything strong to the pop culture segment? Uh, I, why don't you kick it off and we'll see. I don't know. Maybe you I can will. find anything? Yeah. All right. Well, let's just cover this because this might be enough territory for everybody involved. Bianca Cambero, or Cambiero, not sure. I'm going to have to check with the Associated Press, is suing Alanis Morissette for locking her in her Alanis Morissette's child's bedroom so Cambiero was the nanny for Morissette's infant and Morissette would not let the nanny out of the room for any reason to use the bathroom or to go get food so the idea was that Cambiero be vigilantly watching the infant for like whatever nine straight hours just like in a chair and Alanis just locked her in there and didn't allow her out so Sort of like indentured servitude, something weird. Yeah, I'm, going well, I'm on. sure she's being well compensated. There's and, something weird in the yeah. Hollywood elite. It yeah. doesn't smell right to me. Well, I mean, <laughs> what do you say to that? You went, that's like a. I feel like this is like one of those. Um, you know how on radio stations they play music, they deep cuts. Yeah, this is like a deep cut. Like you found like this really, really. It's like, terrifying. It's a story that people probably haven't heard about this, like, it was crazy front, music. It was on the front page of TMZ. <laughs> yes. okay. I went there for pop culture well, because I don't know anything about pop, pop culture. I and I said, what would catch my eye? Wait a minute. Alanis Morissette locks somebody in her infant's room. That's weird. And boom goes the dynamite. Um, I, well, I, I guess. Oh, but uh, to conclude the story, Cambiero... Is now, I don't know if it was like one night that she was locked in, or two nights, or like a fortnight, but she's suing a hundred for $130,000 in emotional damages. Oh, and I'm sure a, a star like Linus Morris has been like, eh, just write her a check. Let me tell you something. I've been trying to become a Hollywood nanny for some time now. Yeah. My resume's out there on Monster, and not going so well, but if you locked me in a room for a night, I'd be looking for at least half a million. Yeah, emotionally. Well, and it was—it wasn't just one night, was it, or was it like a? I don't know. 
I, I didn't get enough deets. You didn't get the deets? TMZ didn't go deep enough. Oh, that's a first, I'm sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I, 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 How emotionally damaged would you be by this scenario? On a, in a monetary way? Yeah. I think... If you I, were to put a price to your oh, emotional well, damage. I'm, I'm a big fan of the take them for all they got approach. <laughs> yeah. I'd probably so ask so, for a million. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so you're, you're pretty emotionally damaged. Lock me in a room for a night, million bucks. Yeah. Yeah, give you it to probably me. probably locked yourself in your own bedroom. <laughs> Funny story. Uh, we just moved into a new place not too long ago, a few months ago. Yeah. First night we were there, and it's an older place in St. Paul. Like, it's probably built in, like, 1920 or 1919 or something. Yeah. Uh, it's got, like, those little push-button locks on the doors. And so I tested out our bedroom door, but made the mistake of testing it out while I was on the inside, and pushed the little button and just stuck. And we were locked in our bedroom about ten minutes. Yeah. Till I jimmied it open with a uh, hunting knife. Dumb and dumber, let me counter. Counter. With a similar lockout story from a couple days ago when I was about to, I had to head back to my former office to pick up some paperwork and I was, I was in a tizzy because, you know, Silas, my son was, I don't know, upset and hungry and I had to change his diaper and then you got to get him in the car seat. The straps are all twisted. Whatever. So I finally get outside, ready to get him in the car. It's kind of a process. I'm a little new to it. So I, I don't know. Give me a break. And got everything ready. Wallet. Get out to my car and realize I don't have my keys. And I've locked myself out of the house with my son in his car seat. And all I've got is my wallet. I can't buy my way back into the house. <laughs> so I have to call my wife, who just started her job like a week and a half ago. And say, I am outside with the baby in his car seat. It's just me and him and the car seat. <laughs> no kidding. And we need back in. Because we tried to like go through the gate and come in the back door. That was locked, too. Mm-hmm. It was almost like I strategically locked myself out. Strategery. Strategery. But I didn't. Yeah. And then, uh, so I made I had to leave work and let me in. So, apparently you and I, not good with locks. No. But might be a lock. For a lawsuit against Linus Morrison. Yes. I'm... Because I would take her for all she's worth. Yeah, why not? Right? What's what do you got to lose? What's she gonna say? No. And then you and then you can ask for a reasonable sum after she says no to the <laughs> unreasonable one. It's like house hunting. Yeah. I'll give you eight hundred and eighty dollars. Yeah. No? Okay. Hundred and fifty. Alright, here's what you asked for. <laughs> do you do you have any pop culture to bring to the table? You know, I don't. I the only thing I could find in my searches was something about Miley Cyrus. Twerk. And I immediately shut down. Yeah. I just, I refused. I think there's a little bit of Miley fatigue yeah. out there. So let's not even go there. Let's wrap it up. It was a loose podcast. It was loose. It was the Tequila Sunset podcast. Fast and loose. Yeah. We'll let you read between the real blurry lines. Yeah, there. find it. Um, Look for the meaning. But we covered as much as we could. We got a little emotional because it was Niners, Vikings, football heavy. Um, Rams suck. They do. Top seven. Don't lock your nanny in a room unless you have 130K that's sitting a, that's around. That's a bargain still. Whatever. That's a bargain. For one night? Yeah. She must really have enjoyed that one night. You can invest that in a mutual fund in 20 years. That's a million dollars. Yeah. Or bet it all on black at the casino. For more investing tips, hit us up. TDIS underscore Humblebrag the day in sports. 